Hello everybody, this is Andrew Gomison with the Speaking for Him podcast. So grateful that you have taken the time out of your busy week to spend some time with me. And I'm very excited about today's show. Uh, a while back, and by a while, I mean a few months ago, I started a series about the love of God and went through some of these characteristics of the love of God, which I, I found a blog post for, and I will pull that up as I am talking so that I can tell you who wrote this blog post. And I will also have it on my blog at speakingforhim.blogspot.com. I will drop the link in there. Uh, But I had found this blog post a while back, and I thought uh, it's good for us to do a deep dive into uh, the love of God because really... It's it's the love of God that is one of the impetuses behind um, the Speaking for Him podcast. And it's really my goal as a minister to share the love of God and to share what I have discovered through my Christian journey. And hopefully as you have uh, been listening through the years, you have seen... Um, Examples of that from my own life, but also from the life of so many others who have come on the show and have been willing to uh, share their stories. Really, I just feel blessed to have this platform at my disposal and the way God has grown the podcast and strengthened um, my abilities as a podcaster has been um, nothing short of Miraculous! I am way ahead of where I thought I would be a year ago plus when all of this uh, pandemic stuff started, uh, but I'm very thankful for what God has done. And so the blog that I found, 16 Characteristics of Biblical Love, and it is written by David Worcester, I believe that's how you pronounce it, David Worcester, Um, and he wrote this on September 2nd, 2014. It comes from davidworcester.net, and I am going to share this podcast uh, with him after uh, it is recorded, probably after the series is recorded, I will share it with him. And then hopefully maybe as a follow-up, have him on the show because I really appreciate his insights. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. But first of all, let me uh, tell you a little bit about what is going on. All right, well, I want to thank you for your continued prayers for me and the ministry of speaking for him. It really does mean a lot, and uh, I received a new um, review on iTunes uh, this past week or over the last couple of weeks, and that really encouraged me as well. So I want to encourage you, if you have the opportunity to leave feedback for me or any other podcaster that you routinely listen to, it really does help. So where am I at this week? First of all, I will say that this is our last regular week of school uh, for the Potter's House. We are in final exam mode, and so a bunch of half days today, a, 
a, a bunch of half days this week, a bunch of exams this week for our students. So just pray that they would finish well. Such a blessing indeed. So uh, the other thing I would mention is I'm continuing uh, to try to figure out exactly how that I want to proceed with getting my ministry presence back up on Facebook. So if you continue to pray about that, and I will let you know how that goes going forward. Um, And I'm just really excited about the summer break coming up and being able to to focus more on ministry-related projects. I really want to get the scripting for Anna Green Gables done so that we can enjoy that production together. And if you've been thinking about that you'd like to do a little bit of voice acting, then please, by all means, contact me um, with the contact information that will roll at the end of the show, and I will uh, let you know how you can be involved in that project. We're going to have a lot of roles to fill, and so we're just really excited about that. As I said, today's topic is the characteristics of the love of God, part two. And I'm going to start with our quote of the day. And our quote of the day actually comes from Mr. D.L. Moody. And he says, If we have got the true love of God shed abroad in our hearts... We will show it in our lives. We will not have to go up and down the earth proclaiming it. We will show it in our, in everything we say or do. And that is from Dwight L. Moody. And I really appreciate this quote because a lot of times we think of loving others or having the fruit of the Spirit as something that uh, we have to deliberately practice. And I'm not saying there's not a aspect of that because I do think there is an aspect where we need to be um, deliberate about the way we do things. But I think the biggest thing that this quote brings out and one of the things that I have been contemplating for you know, in the last several years of my Christian journey is that a lot of these things should be results, not necessarily uh, efforts. As a man, um, as another way of putting it, uh, Jesus said, "If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it will be done unto you." So, if we want these Christian characteristics carried out in our lives, we need to abide in Jesus Christ. And when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, why is it called the fruit of the Spirit? Because it grows out of a willing heart. If we surrender to God, these fruits will grow in us. And I and I think that's what D.L. Moody is saying here about love. If, if the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, which that's what God says about the true believer, then that love is going to seep out through our lives to other people. We can't help but have it do so. It's a natural outgrowth. So it's not as much about effort as it is about surrender. 
And I think that's a big relief to me. I don't know if it is to you, but it's a big relief to me because I don't sometimes have the energy. And I, I, if I try to do things on my own, I fall short. But if I remember that surrendering to God allows me to be the conduit of his love, then that's a pretty awesome thing to me. And I'm just so thankful that that is the God we serve. So these characteristics of love come from 1 Corinthians 13. And of course, I um, am following the pattern of the blog post that I mentioned earlier. So with that in mind, here is the list that we have to share today. We have four more. We started with four. Uh, There's 16, so there's there's a potential for a total of four episodes on this topic, although I may dig in a little deeper and even talk about each one individually because I think that love is so important for us to understand. I think that our culture uses the word love too easily. Uh, When we talk about loving the macaroni and cheese or loving a celebrity, we're definitely not talking about the true agape love that God is alluding to in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The love that only He can give us, the love that we are supposed to give each other. As a matter of fact, it's so important that Jesus says this, People will know that you are my disciples by what? By your love for one another. And that's a sobering thought, um, but it is very true. And so we need to make sure that that is before our thoughts and our eyes continually, that we are thinking along along the lines of abiding in the vine and having him give us his love. It's very interesting that Jesus says this, without me, you can do nothing. Sometimes we think we can do most of it without God or some of it without God, but he says anything of significance you cannot do without me. And that is a sobering thought. And so the first characteristic that I want to talk about for the love of God today is love does not boast. So this one may seem obvious, that we're not supposed to boast, but let's see what the Bible says about this issue. Be of the same mind toward one another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Romans 12, 16. So, incidentally, as we're in this environment of a lot of... um, social unrest, if we would just go back to the scriptures, we would realize that there's no place in the Christian life for that kind of thing. God says we are all equal in God's eyes. He says, don't think of yourself as high-minded. And he says, condescend to men of low estate, meaning whoever they are and however um, you meet them, they deserve your respect and your love. Whether someone is a janitor or a CEO, they should be treated the same way. So, and at the foot of the cross, everything is equal. Whether it's the thief on the cross who who begged at the last minute to, you know, to go into the kingdom, or whether it's somebody that's been serving God since they were a young child, uh, they are equally loved by God and they should be equally Loved by us. It's interesting that one of the greatest uh, Christian leaders in the Bible 
has a checkered past. The Apostle Paul was an evil man who murdered Christians, who hated the followers of the way, as it is spoken of in Acts. And yet God reached down and changed him, and he said, from that day forward, what must I do? And he did a 180-degree turn, and he committed the rest of his life to serving the Lord Jesus. And so when I think about my unsaved friends, and I think about how much I've been praying for them and hoping that they would come to know the Lord, I think about the Apostle Paul, and I realize that anything is possible. And I also know that just as the Apostle Paul was a sinner, just as he was turned before God, that until the Spirit of God broke through in my life, I was turned against God. I was turned against God as a young child because I was um, born a sinner. And then I was turned against God after I became a Christian because I was bitter about the way God made me. But in both cases, I did not have the power in and of myself to bring to bring me to a good end. And God broke through in my life and said, I'm the one that will bring you to a good end. I'm the one that has heaven waiting for you. And that is what I try to celebrate on a weekly basis on this podcast is just the idea that we are bought by him and that he has a plan for our lives and that we will have success if we walk close to him. Now, I'm not talking about dollars in your wallet. Um, That can be a byproduct. But what I'm talking about is that when you follow God, whether you have two pennies or $2 million, you can know that you are in the best place possible. The safest place to be is at the center of God's will. I really and truly believe that. And I hope that today you can be encouraged that wherever God has you, If you know God has you there, then you are in the right place. All right. The next aspect is love is not proud. And it's a a little bit related, but I, I think that one of the things we need to realize is, again, uh, that we're all equal. And as a matter of fact, God tells us to put others before ourselves. Let's read in Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 to 8. Fulfill ye my joy, and that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And again, that's Philippians 2, verses 2 through eight. And here we see a couple different things. First of all, God calls us to unity. He wants us to be like-minded. He wants us to have the same love. We, he wants us to be of one accord. All of those are phrases of unity. We need to be working together. And I think it's really kind of sad 
how we as a church can't even agree, and then we try to get the world to come on board and and become believers, but we're not showing the unity. That's why, just as I said earlier, that by our love, people will know that we are Christians, by our love for one another. And then here it tells us to not look at our own things, but to esteem others better than ourselves. That is not the way the world works. The world says, look out for number one. The world says, chase success at all costs. I even see a lot of Christians sharing memes that say things like, don't worry about other people, just worry about your own happiness. And I understand to an extent what they're saying um, is that you can't live your life according to what other people want. But at the same time, if you think about it, the purpose of our lives is not to be happy. The purpose of our lives is to be holy before God. Once again, happiness can be a result of that, and I I don't think it's wrong to be happy, but I don't think it's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to serve the Lord, and actually, when we serve the Lord, like I said, happiness will be a result, and putting others first will just give us perspective on life and it will help them and it will help us because we're doing what we were called to do. And also I think it's important to know in this passage too, that Jesus is not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done himself. He put us first. He humbled himself even to become a human. You know, I I was thinking about, I've thought about this many times in the Christmas season, and we read in Second Corinthians, I believe it's Second Corinthians chapter eight, about how you know the love of our Lord Jesus Christ, who for our sakes became poor, that we also might become rich. And it's obvious that he was born to a poor family. Um, that's that's really obvious because of their station in life and the fact that they had no room in the inn, and they you know had. So much need. He wasn't brought into the world with fanfare. He was put on a bed of straw. But I also think about it in this context that even if he was born to the richest family in in the world, he still could have claimed to become poor so that we could become rich. Why? Because Jesus set aside the glories of heaven so that he could come down and be a human. And not only that, but he consented to a human body for all eternity. The Bible says we will look on him who we have pierced. We will see him in the body at some point in the future. And so I think that's exciting, and I hope that that encourages you today. All right, the next one is love is not rude. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. And that is Proverbs twelve eighteen. Have you ever thought about the fact that the tongue is one of the smallest parts of the human body and yet one of the most powerful? The Bible says in James that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And... I really think it's important for us to remember that as we are thinking about the love of God. 
Jesus always spoke deliberately. And when the time came for him uh, to go to the cross, he stayed silent as a lamb before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He had every reason to open his mouth and condemn everyone that was condemning him, and he chose not to do it. And we we can't make that claim. We don't have every reason to condemn the people around us, and yet we do because in our human frailty, uh, we think that that is the best course, even though it often leads to long-term consequences that we don't really want to deal with. And I think it's important for us to realize in whatever context we are in, wherever we go, whether it be work or home, we have the power of two different things in our tongue. As this proverb says, um, we can speak like the piercings of a sword. We can be negative and mean and contentious or the tongue of the wise is health. We can give health to the people around us, especially in this time where we're finally coming out of this um, time of extended quarantine and not being with one another. Hopefully we have realized the importance of fellowship with our fellow men. You know, it's kind of funny because before the pandemic, there were always these jokes about where are we going to go look at our phones today? Um, Because people often get caught up in their digital devices, even when they are out and about among people. And then I think hopefully we've realized that as, as beneficial as technology can be, there's no substitute um, in technology for actual person to person communication. And I already valued people. I already was a people person and really liked to be out and about and really appreciated that. But, I think even more so now coming out of this time of just being like, okay, God, the people that you put in my life, they're pretty awesome. And I'm so thankful for them. And also when you lose somebody suddenly, it just underscores how much you need to make sure that other people know how much you love and care about them because you don't know how much time you have. All right, so, so far we have looked at love does not boast, love is not proud, love is not rude. And the final point for today is love is not easily angered. And Proverbs 15.1 is a good verse for that. It says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And I can't tell you how many times when not reacting to someone or giving them a soft answer would be the best way to deal with a situation. But what does the human in us do? The human in us says, I'm right. You're wrong. I'm going to assert my rightness by being loud. We have this human tendency to believe that the louder we are, the righter we are. And that's really a dangerous way in which to live and to think that that's going to solve a problem. And 
The Bible says that a brother offended is harder to be won than a walled city. And it also equates anger with murder. You know, we like to say, well, I'm a pretty good guy because I've never murdered anyone. I've never done this or done that. But when Jesus came, he took the Ten Commandments and he paid for them, yes. Gave us power to overcome them, yes. But he also brought them to another level. He said, if you hate your brother, it's as bad as murder. And so we need to make sure that we are giving our anger over to the Lord Jesus because he is the one who can make a difference in our lives and he is the one who can help us overcome these things. So my hope for you is that this um, talk about the love of God has been beneficial to you as we're moving forward in this summer Hopefully we'll be out and about more and we will be interacting with our family and friends on a more regular basis and we can show them unequivocally the love of God, which is found only in Jesus. And again, you know, this is an example that was set forth by the Lord because he never did anything wrong and yet he puts up with our wrongs. The Bible says in Psalms one. 103 that he remembers our frame he knows he knows our frame he remembers that we are dust and i'm so thankful to serve a god who knows that because you know if he if we didn't have that we would be miserable people and yet we see in the disciples that jesus recruited imperfections and yet God used them to do mighty things. And if God can do mighty things through Peter, James, and John, Peter being the impetuous one who is always sticking his foot in his mouth, and James and John being the sons of thunder, ironically, who always let their anger get the better of them, or often, always is a dangerous word, but often let their anger get the better of them. Um, so... I think these hopefully are encouragement to us that even with our imperfections, God can use us. Remember, Peter said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man and man. And Jesus said to him, fear not, Peter, today you will catch men. And so that is such a blessing uh, for me to know that even with my imperfections, or perhaps partially because of my imperfections, God can use me. And what do I mean by that? Well, the primary thing I mean by that is if you don't think that you are imperfect, you can't be used by God. Because there's no room for Him to get the glory. I once heard the analogy of a cracked... Uh, piece of pottery and through the cracks in the pottery the light is able to come in and reflect off things and so God uses cracked pots and the thing is he he mends the cracks and then he's able to fill us up with him so that we can share him with others 
And my prayer for you this week is that God would be able to show himself strong on your behalf and that he would be able to use you to make a difference in the kingdom of God. And I know that as we uh, watch our seniors go on to the next stage of their lives, that is my prayer for them. So is that they would be world changers, that they would turn the world upside down for Jesus. And so I would say that's my prayer for all of you, that you would uh, be able to make such a impact on the world that they would say, well, what is different about you? And you could say, well, have you met my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? And that is really what it's all about, folks. Because at the end of the day, at the end of life, the question is not going to be, how much money did you make? The question is not going to be, how many orphans did you help? The question is not going to be, how much uh, of the money that you made did you put in the offering plate? No, the question is going to be, what did you do with my son? What did you do with Jesus Christ? And why should I let you into heaven? And when I get to heaven, my answer is not going to be because I did 500 podcasts or because I did uh, 12 years of preaching or because of this or because of that. My reason is simply going to be because Jesus showed me his love by dying for me while I was yet a sinner and by reaching down and drawing me to himself. And that is why I'm here in heaven. And so I hope that you will have a similar testimony and I hope that you will share this podcast episode with your family and friends. That's how people get to know about us. Above all, I hope that you have a wonderful week and that you keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 